Hi, welcome to Raw Dogging, a podcast not about sex. Well, not every episode at least. Here we'll navigate through relationships, finding yourself, and living in a social media world in your 20s, all while having a mental illness or two. I'm excited to lay out my emotions completely bare and naked and ready to be raw dogged with all of you. So thanks for listening. It's lovely to have you here. Hi, welcome to second episode of Raw Dogging. Um, so I guess today will be the big, the biggin. Um, I'm going to talk about mental health. So buckle up. Um, I'm not going to talk about like mental health in general because I'm not a professional so don't don't take everything that I say um seriously I'm gonna just be talking about like my my experiences with mental health my history with mental health and you know how it's affected my world and I'll talk a little bit about the men you know mental health in general and in the world's perspective and everything but it'll mostly be just about me um it's gonna be real personal I was nervous for the first episode, but this one makes me so fucking nervous. I don't, I don't really talk about this kind of stuff, but in the spirit of raw dogging and what I want my platform to be and what I want, not just my podcast, but like my whole online presence of just being open and honest and a safe place for everyone and everyone feeling a little less alone. So here it is. I'm so nervous for this, mostly because I'm nervous that people that I know are going to listen to this, and, like, I'm so much better at explaining my issues to strangers online or, like, strangers in public. Like, I am the, I am the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, the perfect example of people fucking oversharing to people that they, like, just met in a public space and probably will never meet those people again. I have ever shared to plenty of those people in my life. Um, so, <laughs> so let's just get into it. Um, so when I think back, um, of like when I probably first started noticing that like something was wrong, I feel like it was just I was so young. I mean, probably early middle school, maybe even. It's hard for me to pinpoint a time because I do feel like I've had depression for so long that there w- there's a time in my life that's just like completely blacked out. And there's multiple times of those. And like early childhood, middle school, like, all of high school is, like, a blur. Like, I remember high school, but I also forget. I remember just, like, I remember that it happened, and I remember things that happened, but I don't remember it, if that makes sense. But elementary school and middle school, I don't, I couldn't tell you a fucking thing that happened in those years. I do not remember it. Um, so it's hard to pinpoint a time in my life where I was, like, okay, this is when it started, because it's, depression has just like been around for so long in my life that it's like um you know it's just it's blacked out on my memory but I think if I had to it'd probably be like when I first started middle school so like in sixth grade I don't even know how old you are when that happens but around that that time period of my life 
Um, I guess maybe like what? That's like 11, 12, 13, maybe. I don't know. Um, and I just like remember feeling sad, but then I was, but I felt like it was just like more than that. Like there was just like, it wasn't just, uh, oh, I'm sad. And I like could pinpoint a reason as to why I'm sad. I just felt sad, but it just felt so much more like heaviness than that. And I remember feeling just like so lost and confused because I mean, you're, I was fucking 12 years old. Like that's not a normal or it doesn't feel like a normal experience or emotion for that age. And it definitely felt even less normal because I felt like everyone else around me was just, you know, being a kid. And I just felt very confused and just didn't feel like I fit in. And not only that, it was just, I was so young that like, I didn't have the words that I didn't have the vocabulary or the understanding of what was happening or why I felt that way or what I even was feeling, which made it so, so much harder. And this was like, like, I'm not old. I'm not fucking old by any means. I'm 25 years old. But I, we, my 25 year olds and other people like around my age, we are growing up in our 20s in a world where like mental health is taken seriously. There's a lot more um, openness to talk about it and there's a lot more willingness to treat it as like an actual sickness and you know it's not stigmatized so much anymore I think that there's still a lot of growth that needs to be done with it but it's definitely you know way better than it ever has been but so I I feel lucky that I'm growing up now in that that area but um when I was in middle school it was not like that like I I'm from the age group that kind of grew up in both sides of the spectrum like when I was in middle school mental health was not a fucking thing that like people talked about or that you knew about and it wasn't like you know like I saw older members of my family probably struggling with the same kind of stuff and it wasn't talked about it wasn't commute like communicated it definitely wasn't communicated in schools it wasn't on tv like movies anything like it just wasn't talked about so like I had no idea what was going on I had I didn't have the vocab I didn't have the resources and I just felt so lonely and confused um so I remember like probably I mean all of middle school definitely all of high school just weren't crying every single night and just feeling like I was like being swallowed by this just this horrible horrible sickening feeling of like feeling just so lost so sad and I just I mean I cried every single night because I felt like I couldn't go talk to anyone about it because like what would I say I would I would the only vocabulary that I would know to say is just, like, I feel so sad, and it's, I just, like, felt like it wasn't a good enough reason, or it didn't make sense to me, so I couldn't make it make sense to other people, so I cried every single night (laughs) from 12 years old to, like, 18 years old. Now I fucking cry, like, every (laughs) two nights every week, but that's, that's a different story, (laughs) um, and it, 
it was hard because I was like really struggling but I felt like I wasn't being noticed at all because I was a straight A student I played sports all year round and I took both of those very seriously like I studied hard I wanted to get good grades um my sports were like my entire life I played volleyball all year round I played softball um what else did I do I feel like I did other things anyways volleyball was definitely my life though so that's like really the only important one and I played it all year long you know I did clubs I did it very competitively I played it in college like I was like really into playing sports and doing well and being able to use playing sports and doing very well academically to get into a college and be able to have my pick and decide where I actually would want to go and I had a lot of friends um I never struggled with making friends I never struggled with being like in a group and I had like multiple different groups you know I had friends that I played volleyball with I had friends that I played softball with and I had like friends who were in like the higher level classes with me and then I had like my main group of friends and then I had just random friends like I had a lot of friends and I went out like I you know I was the typical high school student of going to fucking parties and like I was the also the typical small town high school parties where you're getting drunk and in the middle of the field by a bonfire like that was a typical thing for me and like it felt like I was handling all that really well because you know that's not an easy thing to do and I was taking AP classes in high school and college courses in high school like I was juggling a lot and I I felt like I was doing well at it because again I was I just felt like I I don't know if I felt like if I did all those things then like the depression would just go away or maybe I was doing it because I didn't want anyone to see that outside of all of this I was like really fucking struggling like I didn't want to admit to myself and I definitely didn't want to admit to anyone else um but like it was like a fight to do any of those things and I don't know it was just really hard and so for depression like I just I I remember having depression for a good a good chunk of my life um I didn't really notice anxiety like being a really big issue in my life honestly until I got to college like I felt like I always had maybe a little bit of a social anxiety which is weird to say because I just said like I had a lot of friends and I made friends pretty well um pretty good pretty well I felt like that sentence didn't make sense (laughs) whatever um but I felt like it was always manageable um I like in high school my social anxiety was more of uncomfortability like I didn't like public speaking I took a college course in high school public speaking it fucking sucked I walked up in front of the class and like my entire body was shaking so bad that when I spoke my voice was shaky as well I couldn't like make eye contact with anyone it was horrible um I hated walking like in front of the bleachers at a sporting event like I hated 
hated that. That's like to this day, I still fucking hate doing that. That's like my worst nightmare. Um, and I definitely felt like just, I don't know. I felt like it was just being uncomfortable. And I think it was more of just like not being confident in who I was yet and like confident in my body and just being like the badass bitch that I am now, you know, like I just wasn't confident enough maybe in high school. So I think that's kind of where that anxiety kind of stemmed from, but it, it just never felt like a big issue in my life. But when I got to college, <laughs> let me fucking tell you, um, I struggled socially. Like I felt, I just like felt <laughs> even more of an outcast because of it. Like going off of like depression and like not knowing like how to deal with it and like not knowing how to express it like when I got into college and I felt like my anxiety just got so so much worse I just felt like fucking so weird and just like didn't feel like I could make friends and which just in turn make made the depression even worse um but eventually I realized school <laughs> was not for me I was not cut out for school which is okay. If you're not cut out for school, you're not cut out for school. Or if you just like fuck, you're just like fuck school. That's not something I want to do. Then fucking don't. I mean, look at me. I am a 25 year old college dropout and I'm fucking living in France, living my dream. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I just, college is just like, college is a scam, but we'll save that for a different episode too. (laughs) We don't have to get into that now. So I realized like, school really wasn't for me but I did keep going so I was on I did go to college for a year at um like a really small private school in Florida and I just I didn't do well in that school I felt like it was really big on uh what's it called like Greek life and that Greek life that's that's not my scene at all it's fine if that's your scene, but it's not mine, and I have a lot of friends from that's not a lot, (laughs) again, I didn't do all that well at that school, but I had, like, a group of, like, girlfriends from that school, and they were all in Greek life, and I loved them dearly, like, they're, I don't talk to them that often anymore, but I still hold such a special place, and, like, every time I see something from them, on any social media or anything, like, it makes my heart happy, and I'm cheering for them all the time, but other than that, I really, like, I couldn't, I felt like I just couldn't connect to a lot of the people there, and, um, I tried to go to the parties, and I would just, like, feel so fucking awkward and, like, weird, and I, like, didn't talk to anyone, and I would just end up going home, and I just, like, I, I just stayed home most of the time, hung out with my one friend that I met, um, because she was also a psych major, and we just, like, fucking, didn't really do a whole lot and that just made the depression even worse and I thought what was going to fix that was transferring to University of Central Florida which is like a big fucking school (laughs) it's huge and there's so many people and I just felt like that was like going to be more on my like level which I did I feel like I did well there because it wasn't just Greek life people like I started playing volleyball there I met volleyball people um I could meet people that were also not in Greek life because there's you know, more types of people at University of Central Florida, and I definitely did better there, and so it got, like, my depression and anxiety got, like, a little bit better, but then, you know, it's just, like, putting a band-aid on on the issue, 
So I think that is probably when I first remember like having like suicidal thoughts. Um, my first semester, second year of college was like, you know, at first I was like, oh yeah, I'm fucking doing better. Like this is, this is the environment I needed to be in. This, that was obviously the only fucking issue in my life. It wasn't. Um, so that was probably the first time I remember anyways, having like suicidal thoughts. Um, and second semester started, that starts like in January. And I remember like the first week or something of February calling my dad and just like bawling I mean like I I haven't cried that good in a very long time I need a good cry like that because I I mean I had a meltdown and I was just like I don't think if I continue to be in school like I'm going to continue living like this is not for me I just cannot do this anymore um it's it's not the only issue in my life, but it is becoming the main issue right now. Like, I I just can't continue going like that. And I was, like, crying because I felt guilty because I was like, how am I going to tell my parents I'm quitting school? Like, they've, you know, they've done so much for me. They've gotten me into college. Like, what are they going to say? And <laughs> God bless my father. He was just like, if it's not making you happy, then why the fuck are you doing it still? And I was like oh, okay, uh, so I quit that day, and that's still my favorite moment with my father, I don't even know if he remembers that conversation, or if he remembers saying that to me, or if he even remembers that he was being, like, that calm and sweet and understanding with me, but if he doesn't, I definitely do remember that, dad, so thank you, I'm pretty sure that was, like, the moment that saved my life, so, Ew, I'm gonna fucking start crying. Um, but yeah, so I quit school that day. Um, and I felt like this huge weight was off my shoulders. I felt so, so much better. Um, but <laughs> that feeling never lasts too long if you're, you know, you're untreated, depressed, <laughs> and Or if you're just, like, pretending, like, you don't even fucking have depression. Like, it's not gonna last that long. Um, so, I felt like after that happened, and I tried to get into other things. Like, I tried to go to, um, cosmetology school, which lasted, like, fucking two weeks. Um, and then I tried to do something else, but I kind of forget. What was it? Oh, I tried to work for this, like, marketing firm, which I was actually really fucking excited about. Like, I was like, okay, this is, like something I could do. I got the job. I fucking have no experience. I'm a college dropout and I was actually so excited for it. But then it turned out to be like a, it wasn't actually a marketing firm. It was like where I would have to go, like companies hired our firm, but it was where they hired us to go show their products off and like those kiosk kind of things and, um, malls or Kmart or, um, like Sam's Club or Costco Club, stuff like stuff like that. And it was just like you're working that booth and you're trying to like sell the product that way. And I was like, oh, that's not what I thought this job was going to be. So I didn't last that long in that job either. But I don't blame myself for that one because I was excited. It just it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it just it didn't work out. Um, so and I was doing those things because I was like, OK, so my 
my parents are cool with me letting like quitting college and at this time I'm 19 years old and I was like my parents are cool with me quitting college but like I need to show them that I'm gonna be doing something else I'm not just gonna be like a fucking bum living down here in Florida doing nothing and like just like letting them like um pay my rent pay groceries or whatever like I'm just like whatever fuck them was not gonna do that no (laughs) um so I was like I literally, like, the very next day after I quit school, I came to dad and was like, okay, so this is what I'm doing. And at that time, it was the cosmetology school. And I had stayed up all night long, like, researching how many hours, like, what I'd have to pay, what I needed to do, and all that kind of stuff. Two weeks later, that didn't work out. Tried the marketing firm. That didn't work out. And I was like, okay, I don't need to know the whole point. Not not even the whole point, but, like, this is such a good time in my life to just, like, chill the fuck out like get my head on straight like just focus on getting myself better so I that's when I started serving um I got my first serving job and I just started living down in Florida and was serving working a fucking ridiculous amount of hours every single week it was it's actually disgusting thinking about how much I was working but that was just because, like, I was just like, if I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to be working all the time and making money and making sure that I'm not ever going to have to ask my parents for money, um, which didn't happen. I had to ask my parents for money for a couple times. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that. We all fucking, we're all fucking down sometimes. But, you know, I was embarrassed to do it. It's not something I'm, like, gloating about. But it did happen. Um, but, yeah, so I felt better when I started doing that but again like putting band-aids on the issue was never going to fix my depression (laughs) like um so I think that like once I started serving and realizing that like this I'm still fucking sad like I quit school I'm just working now being able to enjoy myself with the money that I'm making but I'm still fucking like something's still wrong so I think that was like the first time that like I said out loud like I think I have an issue. I think I might be depressed. Like, I need to kind of figure this out. And um, I just think it was, like, hard for me to admit that any earlier in my life because growing up, I was the third of four kids. Um, And I think I took it upon myself to... No one asked me to do this. No one pressured me to do this. It just, I don't know what it was, but I took it upon myself to just try to, like, now make my parents' life harder, which, in hindsight, I definitely made my parents' lives harder in different ways. Like, you know, I was, my two older siblings were um, not goody two-shoes, but, like, goody two-shoes. They didn't party. They didn't go out and do things they just you know they stayed in their lane and that's what they did um when I got in high school I I got drunk on weekends um I fucking was I was doing wild shit or bad kid shit I don't think that you should call a kid a bad kid because whatever but you know that's the stuff I was doing I never lied to my parents I told my parents where I was going all the time and told him what I was planning on doing um well let me be honest now I definitely lied to them about a few stuff but whatever it's I'm I'm fine um but I took a took it upon myself to just 
be okay. Like, my parents, um, this is not a dig to my parents at all, but, like, my parents looked at me in high school, like, oh, she's doing well. She's, she has good grades. She's playing volleyball. She's doing well in volleyball. She has a lot of friends. She's going out. She's hanging out with them and stuff. Like, they, I think they looked at me as being okay. So, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine then. Like, I'm good. And, um, my siblings had other issues of their own, um, mental health issues and just, you know, personal issues that needed my parents' attention. And then so did my little brother. Um, and there was just things that my parents needed to really like deal with and delve deep into those issues. And I just felt like, okay, so I, I can't make it harder for them. I have to be quiet. I look like I have, like, I look like I'm happy with my life. So like, let's, just be happy with it and again like no one asked me to do that so I don't know why I did that but I did and it was really hard like I just I wanted to be open and honest but like I just I couldn't I felt like it was it was my duty to just shut up and be happy and let my parents deal with the other issues that they had to deal with and they not mine um so I didn't say I needed help when I I wished that I did I wish that I admitted to them way earlier than I did because honestly like I resented my parents in high school like I I my parents and I like and again they probably don't even remember it this way because this was all in my fucking head like this is me creating issues out of me not admitting that I needed help like I resented my parents because I just felt like if they just noticed that I wasn't happy, even though that I'm telling them I'm happy and I'm outwardly seeming like, seemingly like I'm happy, like I just wish that they had noticed and I wish that they noticed I was hurting and I was in so much pain and I was crying myself to sleep every night. Like I resented them for that. And I ended up not having like a good relationship with my parents, even like on my end, at least again, like Maybe they don't even remember it that way. And, you know, I know that, like, when I was in high school, my my parents and I got into arguments and fights a lot. And, like, I felt like I was butting heads with my parents and butting heads with everyone. And I I know for, in, like, hindsight that it was just me hurting. Like, hurt people hurt people, you know? And I just felt, and it was just me, like, being so angry with them that they weren't noticing me. And that was, like, a big issue in my life anyways growing up as, like, the third kid. I just felt like – I just felt like sometimes I was, like, pushed to the side because I, again, just wasn't outwardly showing that I had these issues going on. So I just always felt like I was pushed to the side. And maybe that was just me doing that to myself. Maybe I was pushing myself to the side. But I, like, really – and. I, I remember just getting mad at them too. Like a lot of the arguments would be like, sometimes I wouldn't want to go to volleyball practice when I was like club volleyball. So my parents had to pay for that for me to do it. And like, they'd get mad at me and they'd be like, well, you have to go. Like, this isn't something that you can just like skip out on or whatever. And I'd get so angry because I was just like, why can't you see? Like, I don't want to go because I'm fucking like <laughs> so sad right now. Like, and 
that that's where a lot of or like when I didn't want to go to school because I was I so fucking like swallowed by this darkness and like cloud and heaviness and like there'd be a whole week where I just wouldn't want to go to school and I'd get so angry because I was like why can't you just see like why I don't want to go um and it just it really hurt our relationship and with really like everyone around me because I was just so resentful and angry and depressed and confused and it was just so many emotions and yeah so first time (laughs) that I actually opened up to my parents was when I quit college I think and then um like that conversation with my dad about wanting to quit and then I think from there it kind of just like opened up this whole this whole communication with my parents I remember calling them all the time like crying like I don't know what I'm doing with my life I I'm struggling I'm just having a really bad day like I I started being more honest with them and I think that like that's what healed and again like I don't even think my parents (laughs) think that this is what the relationship was because it's it was all in my fucking head like doing this like me feeling resentful for them for not noticing that I was depressed but like I didn't fucking tell them I was depressed so like they they're not mind readers you know like so me being more honest when I was down in Florida away from them after quitting college like I really felt like I was like okay like I have a good relationship with my parents like I remember thinking like oh my god my parents are fucking awesome like they listen to me all the time when I'm sit there like call dad like five times in a day just crying because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life and like I feel like I'm struggling I feel like I'm the only person feeling this way he was so patient with me mom calls me and like tells me like you know like when I was your age I was this blah 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 and like I was like oh my god my parents are like open to me being honest with them like what the hell why has this taken me so long so I feel like I I do have a really good relationship with my parents. I've always loved them, but I feel like I love them even more now. And, you know, take this as just be honest with your parents because they probably, they're not fucking reading your minds. Um, If you feel resentful toward your parents because they haven't noticed things, just remember, like, they're, they're people too. They have their own shit. They have their own problems. And, like, just because they might be dealing with problems of your siblings doesn't mean that they're not willing to help with your problems as well so that's my life lesson of the day um mom and dad if you're listening to this I love you guys and I know that we haven't really (laughs) I'm like just airing my shit out on this podcast but and I haven't really talked to mom and dad about stuff like this because I just haven't because again I'm so much easier it's so much easier for me to talk to strangers than it is to talk to people that I know and love. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's get past that. (laughs) So it's still hard for me to admit that I need help. It's easy for me to admit that I have issues, but admitting that I need help is like a whole nother fucking story for me. And I don't know why. I don't know what that is. Like I can tell anyone and everyone I'm fucking depressed and like, yeah, I cry all the time. And like, there are days where I, I mean, days, like, fucking weeks and months sometimes. There's been really dark times in my life where it's just, like, been months on end of me just laying in bed in the dark and being 
fucking like swallowed by everything um and that's easy for me to admit but admitting that I need help is like bizarre to me so when I finally got the help that I needed it was actually (laughs) smoking weed um so I talked about this I have been smoking weed oh my god mom please skip this part I have been smoking weed since I was like I forget, like 12, 13, 14 years old. I'm not going to actually name the age because mom probably is listening to this. Um, anyways. And so I've been like around weed for a long time. And I think when this happened, I was maybe 22. So, God. So fucking weed has changed. Like people who are even older than me and have been smoking for a long time please tell me you understand where I'm coming from when I say like the weed that you can get nowadays is so different than the weed that used to be like even when I first started college like 18 17 18 19 the weed was so much different than the weed it is now like the weed was good I fucking loved smoking but then right around when I was 22 I just felt like the weed that I started smoking just just was so different and like I didn't feel good after I smoked it and like I got to the point where I was just so it really made my anxiety even worse like I had anxiety if I've had panic attacks and anxiety attacks but then the weed that right when I was like 22 made them so much worse and I've never had that happen to me but ever since then it's happened to me multiple times like I haven't smoked in I'm 25 and I haven't smoked in three years so literally right after this incident happened I stopped because I was like this fucking sucks it's not even fun to smoke anymore um but anyways so I smoked one night and I had one the worst panic attack I've had worse ones since then but the worst panic attack that I've had up to that point in my life so bad I had my roommate drive me to the emergency room because I legitimately thought I was like I am fucking dying like I'm not getting any air in my lungs um I was like I feel like I'm having a heart attack I was like I don't one one if not both of those things are happening to me right now like you need to take me to the emergency room obviously none of those things are happening um just had a panic attack and I don't mean saying just had a panic attack to make light of the situation because it's not, but I make light of my own situation. Um, so when that happened, I went, the doctor there was like, okay, so you have panic attacks. Um, yeah, so you, this was the first one. I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I think I've had them before, but I'm not really sure because no one's like explained that to me before. Um, so he recommend me go see my like doctor or whatever go see my doctor and that's when I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression so I say like I've I I do think I've been depressed since I was 12 years old but I didn't get diagnosed until I was 22 um that's when I got my medicine too the the first time I've ever gotten prescribed medicine I would tell you what I got prescribed but I couldn't fucking tell you I don't remember I'm I probably wouldn't ever be able to pronounce it anyways. Um, 
but so I ended up moving um just in a different place in Florida uh and honestly it got to the I my medicine ran out and I didn't get it like um like moved from the pharmacy from where I lived in Florida to a closer pharmacy than where I moved to so that didn't happen so it wasn't convenient for me to go pick up my like new medicine and then eventually just like and then I moved back up to Maryland and I was like okay well I guess I'm just not having my medicine anymore and I haven't been on my medicine since um so medicine does definitely help me and I don't recommend not being on your medicine if you need your medicine take the medicine um and I know therapy uh helps so But, like, that's the hardest part, right? Like, I know both those things help me. But, like, going to the doctor and being like, hey, this is the medicine that helps or do you know of a better medicine or whatever. Like, making that first step, that's the fucking hardest part. Finding a therapist is like, oh, my God. It's like my – oh, it's the – it's like a certain type of hell, honestly, because there's so many of them. And – it's, like, so difficult because a therapist, like, having a therapist, that's a really personal connection, and, like, that's, like, someone that becomes very fucking up close and personal with you, and that's not something that I take lightly. I don't think other people should take that lightly either, so, like, finding a therapist is hard because you can look online, you can read their little bio, um, but you won't know if it's a good match until you make your first appointment with them. And if it's not a good match, no hard feelings to them, but, like, go fucking find a better one, you know? Like, you need someone that you feel comfortable with. You need someone that you can feel like you can actually open up and be honest with them. Because if you're seeing a therapist that you don't even feel like you can be honest with, there's, like, no point in even seeing that therapist. Like, you're not going to get out what you need to get out of it. Um, So that gets, like, so tedious. It's so annoying. And, oh, the worst, the absolute worst, <laughs> my best friend Maggie and I, we talked about this one time, like, getting, like, a rejection <laughs> letter from a therapist, like, oh, sorry, I have no, like, spots available for you, but good luck. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I take that so personal, but I do. And um, so, like, I get that it's tedious and it's fucking hard to do. And it's just, like, and like I said, like, if you find a therapist and you end up not vibing with them and having to go find a new one, you're just like, oh, I fucking just did this. I don't want to fucking do it again. And it can get expensive. Oh, God damn, it's expensive. So, yeah, that's that's my little rant of <laughs> being not medicated or in therapy, which I know that I should be, but I'm not. Um, hence raw dogging. Another, another little, you know. But... Yeah, it's, I think that although, like I mentioned, like the world that we live in is so much better at being open and um, accepting of mental health and realizing that it is a fucking real issue and people do struggle, I, I also think, though, that it needs to be, we need to do better still. And that's okay. We all are a work in progress. Um, so I think, like, 
being understanding that people like me (laughs) don't want to just sit there and find a therapist or go and pick up their prescription. So like being understanding that people don't want to fucking do things. If they don't want to do the things that they know is helping them, they're definitely not going to want to fucking go out with coffee, go out every night or go to dinner. Or if your friends are like, listen, like I know we had plans, um, but can we rain check? Be understanding. Don't fucking make them feel guilty because they probably already feel guilty about the fact that they're canceling because of an issue that they're dealing with. Like, don't, let's not, let's not do that. Um, just like keep reaching out, you know, if just being like, Hey, that's, that's fucking okay. And then invite them still don't stop inviting people because they're canceling. Like that shit's the worst because it's like when they finally do get out of that state or out of like that little funk or rut or whatever they call it and you had stopped inviting them they're never they're gonna feel so bad about reaching out and maybe that's just me then maybe this is just a personal experience but don't don't stop reaching out because they're gonna be so grateful for that and I think that affordability and availability is a huge thing that we still need to work on when it comes to mental health because availability and not like you know therapists fucking (laughs) giving me a rejection email because I get like a therapist is you know if they don't have a spot open then they don't have a spot open I just mean availability for all walks of life because it's the affordability is what causes the availability it's fucking expensive and like I want to pay people for their job that they're doing but like there needs to be like better I don't know if it's I don't know the fucking solution okay because I'm not (laughs) I'm not a genius over here but like whether that's insurance or if there's just a better way of like paying for it I think that would help the affordability which in turns would help availability um And then just keep normalizing the conversation about mental health. Like, we're doing a really great job at that, but it's still just, you know, it just don't lose the steam. Is that the phrasing that I'm looking for? Right? Don't lose the steam of... Whatever. Okay, scratch that. Just don't stop normalizing the conversation. Um, And then make sure, like, if you have resources, share them. I, I don't have resources. I'm so sorry, but I don't. Like, if there's resources of, like, um, of, like, communities or groups or whatever it might be, like, if you feel like some, you have something that will help people, fucking share it. Don't, don't be selfish. Um, so, where I am now, like I mentioned, I am still not medicated, and I'm still not in therapy. I will be. I know that I, I should be. Um, I don't recommend it, but this this is my reality. Um, yeah, I, I do want to get back to it. I think it's important for me too, but in my life right now, it's just like not, not the first option. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to find other solutions for the time being. Uh, so here are my solutions. I don't, they don't always fucking work. I'm still very much struggling. Um, I'm doing so much better than I was two years ago, two years ago. If I honestly don't know if, if you were to ask me 
if I were to be alive two years ago, my answer definitely would have been no. So I'm very grateful to still be here. Um, I'm glad that I am. But I am doing so much better, and I think there's plenty of reasons as to why. Um, but I don't, I am struggling still, and I very much have days where I feel like I am back in that spot where I was two years ago. Um, so some of the things that I do, I try to have a regular schedule. I don't always stick with it, but I really try to, whether that's, you know, doing like a morning skincare routine that helps me feel like, because if I don't do my morning skincare routine, I stay in my pajamas, I stay in bed, and then I don't fucking do anything for the whole day. And that, that's not good for me. So I know if I get up, wash my face, do my skincare routine, make my skin all glowy and I feel good and I feel like I'm like, okay, I look good. I'm going to feel good today. I eat breakfast every day because if I eat breakfast every day, then that just sets me up for eating for the whole day because if I do not eat breakfast, then I just like probably will end up not eating for the rest of the day, which is a very big issue for me. So I eat breakfast. Um, if, you know, I have like a weekly schedule now because Hunter and I are doing stuff like podcasting, um, YouTubing, and all that kind of stuff. And we share equipment. So now we have a weekly schedule to make sure that we both can do the things that we need to do in the week, which is very, very helpful. Um, But I also have days where, because I'm also the type of person that doesn't like too much of a schedule because then I get bored. And then if I get bored, I end up not doing anything. Um... So having a weekly schedule has helped, but also scheduling like rest days, you know, like if you pick a day, whether it's the same day every week or if it's a different day every week, whatever it is, schedule rest days because that's so important because then you know that you have a day where you can just fucking veg out and not do anything or do the things that you push to the side or you just like we're too busy or even it's just like a day to clean you know whatever it might be schedule those days because if you don't and you overwhelm yourself and you end up resting and doing absolutely nothing on a day that you schedule to do things you end up just feeling like shit and then you end up maybe doing that too much like you're like okay well I didn't fucking do it so The next day you're like, oh, fuck, I'm behind schedule. And, you know, you get overwhelmed and then end up not doing anything for days. And then you start over. It's like a cycle. Um, Working out. (laughs) Everyone knows that working out releases endorphins. Um, Right? I hope I didn't. (laughs) I hope that's not wrong and I don't sound dumb. But um, that definitely helps. I need to do better on that one. I was working out like every day for two hours. I was like fucking obsessive about it for a really long time. Um, Right after my really bad breakup. What? I guess that was like four years ago. Four, I think. And let me tell you, that was like, that was a shit ass breakup. I'm not going to talk about it in this episode. We will talk about that one. But that that's like a whole fucking tornado. Um. But I, like, me working out, let me fucking tell you, I felt good. I fucking looked good. And that is, that should be, like, my only sign that I need to start working out again. Um, 
you know, me and Hunter try to go on walks. We don't go every day, even though I tell him all the time I want to go on every day. And it's my fault that we don't go every day. It's not Hunter's fault. Um, Hunter asked me, he's like, okay, we're going to go on our walk. And, you know, I found an excuse not to. So it's my, it's my issue still. Um, but working out, you know, whatever that might mean to you, going to the gym, working, um, doing yoga, Pilates is like the big new thing or just walking, whatever it is, like move your body. Um, eating normally. I don't know if that's just like me or like that's just like a me thing, but like having a regular eating schedule where I'm eating things that actually make me feel healthy and like make me feel full and energized and just make me feel good. That that's like a big thing because the days where I like feel kind of lazy and then end up like not eating at all or just eating like junk. Oh, oh my God. I feel so bad that day. And then the next, and then it ended up going even more because the next day I feel horrible. Um, so I end up not eating again and it's just like a real bad cycle. So maybe try that. Try having a regular schedule and like having like ideas to cook when you're not feeling great. Like I have things that like are my go-to meals now when I'm like not having a good day and like I'm like okay well this is an easy meal and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm full. makes me feel energized. It makes me feel like I'm just like I did the right thing for the day. Um, do at least one thing daily that makes you happy. I don't care what it is. Um, if it's like watching an episode of your favorite TV show, watching reality shows, <laughs> taking a shower, taking a bath, meditating, journaling. I cuddle, I cuddle with my cats. That's my one thing that I do every single day. Um, yeah. Just do at least one thing that you know if you do it, you're going to be happy. Like, even if it's just happy for that moment, fucking do it every day. Writing and journaling. Um, I honestly think, like, journaling is a really big one because, like, I journal. I try to journal every day. I don't do it and I go through phases where I'm really good at it and then I go through phases where it's like, oh my god, I haven't fucking written a journal entry for, like, months. But it is... It's really nice because, like, I'll, I'll open up my journal and then I'll read, like, entries from, you know, a couple months ago, a year ago, two years ago. And, like, the – so, like, the progress that I made since those first couple entries is, like, so insane to me. And then it's also nice just to see, um, like, the issues that you were dealing with. Are they the same issues? Have you done anything? You know, it's just – and it's good to just, like – dump you know just dump all the shit that you've been thinking of the day and then forget about it or forget about it until you can like deal with it I don't know um I always give myself grace well not always I'm not fucking perfect but I try to like I try to give myself grace and you know realize that like this is not a linear progression it is fucking everywhere and anywhere it wants to be um, I'm going to have really bad days. I'm going to have really good days. I'm going to have just days where it's neither. And that's what I hope for. <laughs> um, just, just like remember to like forgive yourself, give yourself grace. If you need to have a day, take the fucking day. And then make sure you like 
you open up to people that you know care about you, that genuinely care about your well-being and wants to hear about it and like just open up to people. I'm telling you, I, I opened up to my parents, opened up to my fiance and it's, it's the best thing. So at the end of this, I just hope that you realize that you're not alone. Um, you have people out there that want to listen. And if you think like people will notice you struggling, maybe they will. There's plenty of people who will notice those things, but like not everyone's a mind reader. So just open up and realize that like people care about you and love you and they want to help you or deal with things with you or just listen to you. Um, don't, don't push people away. Even if you don't have the words, like there's plenty of times where I want to talk to Hunter about things, but I'm like, I don't have the words right now. So can you just let me ramble or can you just sit here and quiet with me? You know, whatever it is, um, get help. If you need help, get it. It's, there's no shame in it. There's, and even if it's like, like I say, like get help and I fucking, here I am not medicated or in therapy like I should be. But so even if it's you going out and getting help or asking someone like, hey, I know that I need to do these things. Can you help me do them? You know, whatever you need help with, get the fucking help. Um, and be open still. Have these conversations with yourself, with people, um, you know, share, share mental health issues. Make sure that this conversation doesn't stop. Find things that make you feel good and yeah, just be nice to people. Make sure you, you never know what other people are going through and you know, that's, that's my shit. Um, I, I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't planning on doing this, but it just feels right. I wrote a poem when we first came over to France, uh, I was like having, having my bad, having my bad times. And I wrote this poem and it felt really good to write it. I'm in no, in no way a, a poet at all, but it felt good to write this. And I don't know, I just wanted to share it because maybe someone else will relate to it. And I don't know. I'm just going to share it. So here's my poem. There is no title, but <laughs> here we go. I am surrounded by darkness. Everything is silent, yet it's still too loud for me to rest. I trudge through the muck only to realize that I am in fact stuck. How long have I gone on like this? Does anyone notice? Is everyone else living in ignorant bliss? I scream. I scream until my throat is burning, until my words are nothing but a dream. Is this fog really here? I'm afraid I will suffocate if the soon does not clear. How long have I been in this place? For as long as I can remember, I've been a prisoner in its cold embrace. I need to get out. I cannot keep going on like this. If I begin to sprout, put me out of my misery. The only way to end this, I fear, is trickery. To trick my mind with feigned sunshine doses or have fate redesigned. So those will be my ending thoughts. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's lovely to have you here and I will catch you next time.